Welcome back to another episode of Securiosity. I am your host, Greg Otto. We are going to take a break from the pandemic-focused material for this episode and get to something that is timeless for this industry, threat intelligence. Threat intelligence is the lifeblood of cybersecurity, but for all its necessity, it seems like we have been talking about it the same way for years. At RSA, I talked to Todd Weller, Chief Strategy Officer for Bandura Cyber, about the mindset around threat intelligence, whether the conversation will ever change, and who needs to understand how to utilize it to make their enterprises more secure. Check it out. Okay, joining us now is Todd Weller, Chief Strategy Officer for Bandura Cyber. Todd, glad to have you back on the show. Great to be back. So, threat intelligence, we're still talking about it. I feel like we've been talking about it for years, probably been talking about it for longer than I've been covering cybersecurity. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about you know how you've seen it evolve over the decade, particularly about how we've been talking about it over the past decade, but we it hasn't really cut down on the number of breaches or cut down on the number of incidents that we've had. So how do you make sense of it when there's so many products out there that give threat intelligence, but yet here we are talking about the same stuff? Right, that's a great question. I think this is my 20th RSA, or if not, pretty close to it. So it's a great point. So a couple things, right? So I think you have to look at first, what is threat intelligence? And then from that, look at kind of the adoption and maturity of the use. So for example, I think there's a lot of confusion over what it is. A lot of security products we all known and have known for a long time, like endpoint security, traditional AV and back in the day, or right. your firewalls, which have all evolved. They're all powered by threat intelligence. Right, it's just that it is threat intelligence that is proprietary to those vendors. That threat intelligence is fueled or further fueled by the activity those vendors see in their customer networks. You know, when we talk about kind of broader view of threat intelligence, that's getting threat intelligence from broader array of sources. Right, there's many commercial providers that exist today that weren't here ten years ago. There's a lot of open source threat intelligence sources that haven't been around. Right, the industry. Uh, threat intelligence from ISAC and ISAOs is maturing. Uh, Ten years ago, I don't, I don't think there were many ISAC or, or ISAOs, right? right? And government threat intelligence has come a long way. So threat intelligence has come a long way. I think uh, adoption of threat intelligence beyond what you get in your existing security controls is what still is early from an adoption perspective. Yeah, well, let's talk about that adoption perspective because, like you said, there's just so much coming from right. all at, at all different levels, open, government, so many commercial platforms are, are giving threat intelligence. How do you structure what you adopt? Because I feel like all of it, when you get down to it, it becomes a commodity at some point. So how are you shaping the best use that you can get out of the commodity? Right. So I would maybe push back a little bit on threat intel being a commodity. And the only reason I say that, well, there's two reasons. So one is we look at a lot of threat feeds. Okay. And there's not a lot of overlap with respect to threat intelligence feeds. Oh, and interesting. So okay. I, you know, that's our view. But I could also point you to like Carnegie Mellon uh, has done studies on that and where they've compared like lots of blacklists. We're talking about 100 million uh, IPs, 100 million domains. Okay. And just the level of overlap is is not high. So, so there's a question in there that just says like, okay, there's so much out there. How much is enough? Which is a separate question. I think the biggest issue is uh, organizations got to come to a conclusion that just relying on your existing security controls that, again, are driven by one vendor's view of the threat landscape is insufficient today. 
And I would tell you that large enterprises, the Fortune 1000 that have tons of resources, money and people, they're already investing millions in, in threat intelligence sources, right? They're looking at recorded futures and insights and they're pulling together open source. So they, they have the resources. Um, where it's really lagged is when you get down to small and mid-sized organizations. I would say, you know, I don't think threat intelligence is, is a commodity per se. Okay. But I also think there's a lot of work to be done around what is the ROI of threat intelligence. And that's one thing I talked about earlier. How much is enough? How many threat feeds can an organization afford to consume? Yeah, you've kind of flipped it on yeah. my head here a little bit by, by saying that. So, okay, if it's not a commodity and there's just so much out there, it's a totally different perspective to the same question is, well, how do you know what to pull in? Because you can't take all of it in. You would never it, be able to have human beings, even at the Fortune right. 1000, you never have enough human beings to look at everything and go, okay, go stop, you know, A, B, and C. Right. And so, so that's where I think the mass market of organizations, the typical company, you know, again, most of them are still relying on their existing controls. So I think step one is understanding that's no longer sufficient. Get started with something, right? Look at a commercial threat feed provider. Dabble in open source. And you can go out and talk to your peers about what what feeds they're finding interesting. Getting involved with your industry, right? If you're a bank, get involved with FSISAC. If you're a government, get involved with MSISAC because there's some good threat intelligence in town. And you can get involved with government. I mean, it's, it doesn't cost anything monetarily to get involved with DHS's automated indicator sharing program. There's no kind of golden answer I can give you to like how much threat intelligence is enough, but I can tell you that if you're relying on your existing controls today, that's not good enough. So you're going to be in a better position by starting to expand your use. So the adoption part, I would imagine that part of it is trying to hook the right in threat intelligence feeds into the security tools that you already have inside an organization. I can imagine that is pretty difficult. How do you overcome that to make sure that not only are you getting the right information, but it's working with the products that you have inside your enterprise? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and that's a challenge that exists, right? So, you know, so step one is, right, you got to go out and get feeds, right, from all these sources. And some of that, there's, there's money that's involved. So with any of that, there's time and resources that's involved, right? Then you got to manage that stuff. So now we're talking about kind of getting into operationalizing threat intelligence. You you believe you need it, you, you go out and you aggregate some, you have to kind of manage it, and then you need to do something with it, right? Because it's useless if you're not taking action with the threat intelligence. And to be honest, it's very challenging to integrate it into your existing security controls. And that gets back to, again, they're driven, you know, the value that they provide is detecting and blocking threats. And the way they do that is driven by their own proprietary threat intelligence. And so they're not incented to open up threat intelligence right. because to them it's a competitive advantage. So that's kind of why we exist in all honesty because there's there's this gap in the market where it's just very challenging to, to integrate third-party threat intelligence into next-generation firewalls. And we live in more of the network side of the world, but the same is true of trying to integrate it into an endpoint security control. I feel like this is like the eternal question is how do you see around the corner because you have the threat intelligence and that is known and yet all of this stuff that we're dealing with, it doesn't matter what the, the threat is, is you know the unknown. It, it, can right. wreck, it can wreck your enterprise without ever being a part of all the threat intel that you're dumping money into. So how do you structure and build in for that uh, inside an enterprise? Yeah, so so this may not be a popular answer, right? But like, yeah, the holy grail is to 
find the unknown, right? You want to find the zero day, but the reality is that the majority of attacks that are happening are, are from known, right? right? They're vulnerabilities that have been around of course. For, for many years, right? right? And so I think, like, if you're... And the other kind of angle I look at here is is not every company is targeted as patient zero, right? And of so, like, you're... I wouldn't put up the holy grail to be like, I'm not going to be patient zero because there's probably a low probability that you are. But you want to be able to benefit from the fact that something becomes unknown to known. So that's, to me, what threat intelligence and sharing is all about. And, you know, I mentioned to you we're doing this panel here on collective cyber defense. And that whole theme is we can't do it alone. But you need to be able to look at threat intel. You need to share. You need to see what your others are seeing. And you will be steps ahead if you're doing that. And if you're able to kind of be in a position where the unknown becomes known in a very rapid and and automated fashion uh, to protect yourself. So let's talk about that information sharing part for uh, a minute, especially with the public sector and the private sector side and DHS. Recently at our San Francisco Cyber Talks program, we had Chris Krebs and Ann Neuberger from NSA up on stage, and they were talking about how the government has improved in terms of sharing threat intelligence. Specifically, they brought up the uh, big Microsoft uh, certificate chain uh, vulnerability that they put out a notice on in January. Looking back and, and from your perspective, has DHS and NSA and the federal government improved their threat sharing and how they are interacting with the private sector when it comes to the knowledge that they have of threats? So I think the answer is yes. Uh, I'll caveat that by saying it's I, I don't have visibility into the dynamics between kind of the classified world oh, and, yeah, and right, the right, unclassified right. world right. And, and what goes on. But if you look at all the things that DHS and CISA is doing, I think it's a marked difference. And again, one of the themes we're going to talk about at RSA, uh, the panel is going to talk about, is you know framing this from... You know, we just had, it's hard to believe, but a few months ago, remember, it wasn't coronavirus, it was Iran. That right. Everybody was freaking out about. Right. right? It was World War Three. Yeah. Right. And 2012, Iran was a big topic for cyber attacks, too, and that caused a significant inflection point. And so if you look at how everybody responded, government and industry, as far as, you know, sharing information about the threat, everybody will tell you it's, it's hard to handicap what kind of the response was going to be exactly. Of course. But the way people went into motion in this latest flare up was markedly different. We've also seen greater communication from MSI SAC type organizations with DHS flow, for example. Uh, I just saw today an advisory that went through that um, ransomware attack on the natural gas pipeline right. issue. And there's a lot of great information there that I think five years ago, maybe it would have been, hey, here's the high level and here's a few IOCs. Um, so I think they've come a long way, but we've got a long way to go to improve okay. sharing. So. so- the theme of this year's conference is the human element. Can you tell us why it's so important for security teams to understand threat intelligence, despite the fact that automation keeps creeping into how teams are processing this information? Yeah, so I think there's two two angles to that that question. So the first I would say is humans are still the biggest attack vector, right? And so attacks, as you know, are complicated, right? I mean, it's not just ransomware. Ransomware starts with phishing, right? right? And phishing starts with exploiting humans, which are the most vulnerable. So kind of being aware of, you know, again, what phishing attacks are targeting my industry, increasing that security awareness of your people is critical. Automation, it's a great question, right? Attackers are heavily using automation, 
right? You're hearing things like ransomware as a service. So I think as a defender, you have no choice to keep up just from that aspect alone, let alone, I know you're probably tired of hearing this, but there is a resource shortage in yeah. security. But right. but you are seeing... But you have to level the playing field. You have to level the playing field. And the only way, especially small and mid-sized orgs can scale up, is to use automation. And, and the good news is a lot of the security providers have come a long way with respect to like being able to talk to other security solutions. The SOAR is being more adopted. Right. So I think there, it's easier for small and mid-sized business to do that today. And then the other dimension there is if you can't do it yourself, there are folks that can do it for you, right? So pick your flavor of managed security service provider. There's all sorts of variety, but they exist there for a reason that if you don't have the staff, you got to make awareness for the humans because they're still the vector and you got to deploy automation. Otherwise, you're you're not going to be able to be on a level playing field. Great. Todd, really appreciate you joining us. Thanks for your insights. Thank you. Thanks again to Todd for joining us. We will be back with more Securiosity very soon. But in the meantime, stay healthy, stay safe, and as always, stay curious.